Hello and welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Sean Holly and I am 50 years of age. I'm five foot nine. I'm very, very muscular. What's your name, uh, Victor Marland? It's Victor Marland. I have not got a GSOH. I am a <laughs> harumphing, garumphing monster at the moment. <sighs> I've had a hard couple of days. How about you, mister? I've had a hard two weeks really 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 long hours and struggling but it was good because do you know why tell the good listeners on an arcade podcast why you're in a better mood arcade club is back open last weekend we got loads of stuff done during lockdown it's just a mad rush the last couple of weeks getting people back in again mm-hmm. we've got social distances in social distances like a, a mile in place we've got new candy cabs new astro cities blast mm. cities I have been cleaning them down. You're good at cleaning them, yeah. Yeah, cleaning them down, taking the control panel off. Re, we got some lovely jammer looms off of Mr. Chunks in. Ooh. And I've been rewiring the buttons, Uh-oh. putting new buttons in, sticks in. So when you press then, the first player fire button, it goes down. When you press mm-hmm. left, it launches a rocket. When you put a coin in, a big hammer comes out and smacks you on the head. That's holly wiring, is it? Or have you actually done it properly? No, I did. I've done it properly. You just Are have you to remember. Sure? You just have to remember this. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let me just what? warn everyone. <laughs> Do not listen to him, kids. Go on, Sean. You have to remember, great big orange president, right? Green, blue, orange, purple. That's the one, two, three, and four player button. By what standard? By my standard. So you've made your own standard up. It's the normal standard, isn't it? It's what, what Chunks in did, so I presume it's the normal standard. Green, blue, orange, purple. And then there's a fourth button for Neo Geo, and then you've got the hit kick harness for the other stuff, which I've, I didn't bother remembering because Lewis did all that. Well, let's do a, let's do a quick uh, wiring quiz. What are the colours for the voltages? On the jammer, because this is very important. The colours of the buttons don't matter a toss, because if you put them around the wrong way, you just get the wrong buttons. What are the colours for the wiring? I, I wasn't trusted with that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but black is ground, isn't it? It is. And red is plus five. Yes. And plus twelve. That's not red, is it? Why would they be the same colour? That'd be a bit dangerous, wouldn't it? Damn, green. Is it green? Yellow. So close. And usually minus five is a grey or blue. It doesn't really matter about that one because it's a bit of an oddball and a lot of looms don't even have it. But yeah, red is plus five, yellow 12. And all my one and a half years of badgering Andy to get more shoot-em-ups in the club. Is that where you throw badges at Andy? I bet he doesn't like that. He doesn't. He's allergic to badges. You can't find many either. I've only found one. Just have to keep using the same badger. You're worn out by now, (laughs) aren't you? Yeah, poor badger. It's like flogging a dead badger. So we've got a shoot 'em up section in the middle of floor two on New Astro Cities. Oh, yeah! Is it called we've Sean got, City? We've got Dodon Pachi Dai Fukatsu, Dodon Pachi Dai Uju, Ketsui, Escaluda, Truxton, Viper Phase One. I love Viper Phase One. Hmm. Some others that I've forgotten. 1942? That's a good shoot up. Oh, these are all modernish. So that's the expensive Battle. PCB section. Battle Garage. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. Some oh, of them are goodness. grand, aren't they? More than that. 
some cave games up to two grand, I think. Battle Garage, uh, loads, loads. What else? Anyway, there's ten, and then there's loads of Blast Cities with like two players in like nice Capcoms and dinosaurs and Marvel versus Capcom and a few Street Fighters and. They're very nice. But yeah, guess what else we're done there? What else are we up to? What else we done? There's a new PC room. Oh yeah. So that's all. Foot, blue foot modern games, foot took kids. Yeah, so where the old workshop was is now moved, and that is a PC room as you come into floor two. Okay. There's a new party room, there's a new stair, not new stairs, the old stairs have been done up, and it's all neon. It's all neon as you walk in, it's awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. I love a bit of neon, me. There's a new staff room, there's a new PC, there's a PCB room full of PCBs. Oh, I'd like to get in there. Oh, it's good. It's like I'd like a, to get in there with empty pockets. Aladdin's cave. Mm. There's a new office. There's new toilets. There's a disabled toilet. There's a completely new toilet on floor two. Floor one toilets been renovated. Floor three toilets are the same, but just a bit tarted up. There's a new pinball repair room. You know, you said there's a new toilet on floor three. Is that just you on floor three? Because you're a bit of a you, toilet. You toilet. You new toilet. And we've got some more Goliath. So if you walk into floor three, it's like, I don't know. 30 Goliaths, 15 each side as you walk up the wow. road. Wow, all with good old chip shop games in. Oh yeah, loads of stuff. I think, yeah, I do like a Goliath. That's probably my favourite jammer cab. My little garage where I've got my arcade games in as isn't really big. It's got the little cabarets. It's got lots of cabarets in there because of the size of it. But I would love to have more, more Goliaths. I've had a few Goliaths in my time. And my first Goliath was my second cabinet ever. No, it was my third, actually. So it was my third cabinet. And I loved that Goliath. It's such a good machine. It might even be at Arcade Club now, you know, because I sold it to someone on Jammer Plus. And I got a feeling they sold it to Andy years ago. So he might even have my Jammer cab. Oh, I'm going to nick it back. I'll, I'll, I'll see it a mile away. I know exactly what it looks like. It's very distinctive. Right, a lot of them have had new control panels fitted and all well, sorts. And I actually made a brand sticks. new control panel for it with six buttons in line because I never liked the way Electrocoin put um, an angled two-player buttons on it. They always angled the buttons mm. slightly to the side. And it was never mm. even. It used to do my OCD engineering head in. So I actually <laughs> made up a panel with, with six buttons in line. And the top three buttons were leaf switches. Like, I think they were red see-through leaf switches. And the bottom three, which you didn't use that often only for like you know fighting games and such, were, I think, red, green, and blue clicky microswitch buttons. But if I ever see, if I see the cab when I go up to arcade club in the future, when I see it, I'll know it a mile away. That's my old cab. It's very distinctive. It was we a very nice a, cab as well. We haven't got any like that control panels anyway. No, hmm. not, not. I wonder who's got it nowadays. I think it was sold on. So yeah, it'd be nice to find it again, play it. Very cool. Mm. Love that mm. cab. It's so good. It's so many, so many good uh, memories of that thing. I don't like them. They're too heavy. They are heavy. But they are a lot nicer than the Zenons or the Spectrums, which is, the, uh, I think, even bigger, heavier machines than mm. that one. They've and got the, wheels the Goliaths on them. Are re- Goliaths were the proper... In Weymouth, when I was a kid, there was three arcades. We used to call them three in a row, because it was three in a row. I can't remember the names of them on the seafront. And they had tons of Goliaths in, and, and all the new games that came out were always went in a Goliath. So mm. you go in there and you play. I think I completed Golden Axe in a Goliath. I completed POW in a Goliath. I used to play Nemesis in a Goliath. All the sort of mm. old favourite games when I was a teenager, I played in a Goliath. So I've always liked those cabs. Lovely. Mm, you can. 
you can push them from the top. If you push them from the top of the marquee, they, they move easier. Like I'm holding my hands up, kids. Because mm. you push them on the back, you sort of tilt them and push them yeah, on the back. Yeah, they've got wheels at the bottom. But the, yeah. the thing with Goliaths as well is some versions got a 19-inch monitor on a wooden wheel, which you can rotate. Yes. And the one I had, and a lot of them, got 25-inch monitors. And you can not you can rotate them. You've got to take the whole thing out, unbolt it, 90 degrees, bolt it back in again and put it back in. You can do it, but it's not an easy just to rotate round. And they are heavy because a 25-inch mm. monitor is considerably heavier than a 19. That's the one I had was a 25. But when you get used to it, it's got handholds at the back. You can just kick it over and push it around on the wheels. And I sort of got used to it, because that cab to me isn't that heavy. Stuff like an Outrun, that is insanely heavy. I've tried to move an Outrun, because they've got like, the metal control panel with the, the steering wheel and the shaker gears in it, and the big motor, and all mm. that lot. So they're heavy anyway. They're really heavy. I mean, Alex had one of, I think, Ollie Muddy Music's once. He was looking after it. And we had to move it out of his little... He, was, he had a little shed arcade back in his, his garden back then. And that thing's incredibly heavy, and it's really thick wood. It's real thick, dense wood. That's probably the heaviest mm. cab I've ever had the misfortune to move. Goliaths are nothing compared to those. Zaxxon's heavy. Oh, they're really horrible, aren't they? They deserve to just go in as skip Saxons. Made out of lead. And yeah, they are. Our featured game, Operation Warfare, is a very heavy cab. They are massive, aren't they? Mm. Mm. Anyway, is up. So yeah, we're doing all the social distancing. We're running at half capacity because we have to because mm. we can't we can't let too many people in. Yeah, being very very considerate. Yeah, we're getting good reviews about how how the staff are cleaning everything and being nice. you know super nice and helpful. So that's good. Except you, of course. Yeah. Bit beardy, pain in the backside. Yeah, I know. Just run around drinking IPA and st- staggering. Yeah, not at work. Not at work. No, no. Do you know Charlie Farr beat everyone with Cubert's Cubes last month with 400 and something thousand? Mm. The last I heard, he was on 2.2 million, and then I looked again, he was on 3.72 million. He mm. beat the main world record already, unofficially. Yeah, well done, Charlie Farr. I, I need to... Charlie, if you're listening, and I'm sure he is, can you do a little YouTube video and put it up for us, please? I want to have a look at how you, you sort of cope with level four onwards, because that's where I got stuck. I'm not sure if he's actually completing the levels, just going around getting bonus points. I don't know, but they get incredibly hard, because them stupid little green gets just come and mess all your, your lines up when you've done them all up. Pain in the backside, them things. Yeah, he was streaming it when we did a Zoom chat, and yeah. he got onto level eight then. Oh, my God. And it's, oh, you've got to, you know, it's got, that's, what's that thing I don't like doing in games? Thinking. Yeah, you've got to thinking. Do, you've, yeah. You, you've got to do thinking. I, I'm not, I don't like it. I quite, I did like the game. It's, it's, it's as good to me now as Cuba is, and I never thought that would happen. It's such yeah, a good I game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Got really, really good reviews, that one. Mm. I've been doing some 3D printing stuff as usual. I've actually modified my 3D printer. I added a new screen to it, a touchscreen, and a new motherboard. And it runs almost silently now, because it made a right racket before. And I've mainly been doing bits for joysticks, the, the oct- octagonal restrictors on the bottom of joysticks, because I put those in every Vectrex controller I do, and I've been doing a lot. Did I show you the picture of the ones I've been doing on the table? Yeah. yeah. There's about, about 40 controllers on my table, just waiting to have the buttons put in, and, that, and they're going to various places around the world. <sighs> It's been hard work doing them, I'll tell you. Waiting for these bits has been forever. Because of the coronavirus, it slowed everything down in Japan and stuff as well. And mm-hmm. you still can't foreign 
uh, people who don't live in Japan can't actually go to Japan yet. They've still got a restriction on flights. So if you're not yeah. a national, you can't go there. Right. And I, I was planning with wife to go there in October for our 10-year anniversary because we went there on our honeymoon. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to happen. And it's made us incredibly sad. Oh. So... If it doesn't happen this year, we just have to postpone it a year and just pretend it's it's the ten year anniversary next year. So you know, and I've got enough money now in case it does go ahead. I can just lay down the money. But the thing is, when you don't book flights in advance, they're a lot more expensive, and that will kind of ruin it a bit. But I have to see what goes on yet. It's October's not far away now, is it? No. no. So there's that. Uh, I've got an electric rat from Mister Bobby Idod. What's that? It's an electric. It's it's actually it's not a rat. It looks like one from a distance. It's a little tiny box with a little tail sticking out of it with a pl- plug on the end. And what you do is you plug your Commodore sixty four power supply into it, and then that into your Commodore sixty four. Because Commodore sixty fours are notorious for the power supplies. When they go bad, they kill the computer. They mm-hmm. just let too too much volts through or jam or whatever that goes through the wires, and it just gotcha. jams it to death. And this thing cuts out really quick. If that's the case, and it saves your computer, just the power supply blows and it just cuts everything off immediately. Thank you, Mister Edod. You made a load of them and one for me. Wow, very good. And you can use it on uh, Commodore Vic Twenty, Commodore Sixty Four, I believe Commodore Sixteen and Plus Four as well, all that sort of stuff. That's so very in, very useful. I wanted to talk to you. I, th- I was reading something the other day. It was on Twitter or one of the social things, and they're talking about playing games, original or emulated. And I know you play most of your arcade games. Em- uh, original because you work at arcade club which are all original hardware but mm. how do you play consoles do you still have any consoles because you got an xbox 360 haven't you got a 360 ps3 died recently yeah jan uh wife jan just plays i think it's civilization revolution that's all she plays so i, I okay. don't like i don't really play any console games i have a look of it look at them every now and then yeah, but you don't, do you play them on a Pi or whatever? Have you got a little Pi or one of those mini machines? Yeah, I've got a Raspberry Pi 1, 3 and 4 at the minute. And they, yeah, I've, I've put the emulators on, but I don't don't really, don't really look at them. I've Is it one of the so, cases where you've got so many games to choose from, you just don't bother? Because you play one for two minutes, turn it off, play another one, turn it off, and you just get bored of it. Yeah, well, the only non-arcade games I've played recently is Colin McRae Rally 2, which I'm still playing on a, on an old laptop, yeah. and Borderlands 2, which I haven't played for a month, really. What do you play that on, the Xbox 360? No, I play it on my laptop, Borderlands. Oh, it's a PC game. Steam, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's everything, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, I can play it on Linux, you see, so that's all right. Oh, right, I see. Because I don't... I did have some games for my Mac, but I don't use the Mac for a games machine. I know they're not really meant for it anyway. And I don't use it for that. That's why I don't really miss PC computers that much because I don't really play games on them. I've never, never chased the uh, the PC hardware because as soon as you a new game comes out, you'll need another a graphics card or more memory or you know whatever a new processor. I just don't. We I I stopped doing that years and years and years ago because I just got so bored of continually upgrading things and buying stuff. It's just bollocks. I just buy a PS2 and in the end I bought PS PlayStation Two and used that for years. Yeah, yeah I, I do still play hardware though, because a lot of my machines have got the SD solution cartridges or drives or whatever. So if I play a Commodore sixty four, I've got a real Commodore sixty four, and then a fifteen forty one with a Pi in it, so it, it it loads up from the Pi. But you're playing it on original hardware, just ROMs on original hardware, and I've got that for you know I've got all the um, the EverDrives and stuff for all those things. 
So I do play those quite a bit. And the Switch, obviously, is my the only modern one I've got. I've been playing a lot of that lately as well, by the way. Yeah. I didn't actually finish Zelda Link's Awakening, which is a wonderful game. The last bit was you're in a dungeon. You just keep getting lost, and it's really hard finding it. I just... I was going to wait to buy Shantae, one of my favourite games, a new version of Shantae. And in the end, I just thought, sod it, I'm going to treat myself. So I bought it, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's not as good as the last one, I don't think. Because it's not, it's not quite as involved, there's not as enough secrets, there's not loads of extras as like the other one was. But it is very good, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm about 60 or 70% through it now, and it's got to quite a hard bit where you've got a timed bit, you've got these levels really, really quickly, which I'm not too keen on, but I will do it soon. And wife has been playing when I've when I've managed to get on the Switch. Wife's been playing Paper Mario. That is yeah. a very clever game. Original or no on Switch, the new one, new Paper Mario. Right. Right. It's it's beautiful. It's clever. It's hilarious, and the music is fantastic. And it's quite creepy in some places as well. But the way they've made everything out of paper, the way mm. it looks, is it's really clever. It, Nintendo are just the the masters of doing these kind of colourful variety, party, family, just great fun games. You know, it's, oh, it's... I played it. I had a go of it. And it's one, another one of those games wife loves playing. And I like watching her play and commenting and helping her and, and hindering her most of the time. Mm. And I played it and I didn't like the combat system because it's a bit where you sort of, you're in an arena and you've got to move things around like a puzzle and then you have, you have timed and um, turn-based combat. And I've never liked those kind of games. But it's not mm. as painful as what I imagine the Final Fantasy kind of games would be, like the RPGs. But she gets through really... And most of it's platforming and jumping and collecting and you know finding secrets. But there's, there's tons and tons and tons of things to do on it. And there's this funny story behind it and all the characters are really daft and they do silly things and it's got loads of really nice little touches in it. And it's it's a beautiful game. I never even noticed Mario uh, Paper Mario before. Never played one before ever in my life. And she bought it because you know she's at home a lot of the time, you know, doing stuff. Um, and she's sort of gone off Animal Crossing a bit now. She's not played that for a bit, but she's been playing this. And I, I bought Shantae, so we've been playing a bit on the Switch. Actually, it's been quite nice. It's it's still amazes me how successful the Switch has been because when it came out, I thought no one's going to want that. I didn't want one at first. I played. It's like a handheld hybrid yeah. thing. It's not a console. It's but it's just it's just rocketed in it, and there's loads yeah. and loads of old stuff on it, re-releases, I think. So that, that all these reissues, like even the Sikio shooters and that, they've all found a home yeah. on modern hardware, which is the Switch. Well, the thing about I don't really go for the older games. I bought one or two arcade games. I bought um, I can't remember the shooter. I bought R Type. Because you can do this, like two. You can switch on the fly between the old music and old graphics to the new music and new graphics. You just press a button and it changes immediately. That's mm. quite good because R Type is a real hidden gem for me. I mean, I, I ignored R Type for years and years, decades, and now I yeah. love it and it's really nice. I was watching Soul Play um, on Twitch the other day. Actually, it was quite good. But then the good thing about the Switch because it because it can be a handheld as well as on your TV. I've actually made one before. You can make these or even buy these holders so you can hold it vertically. So you can play pinball games and vertical shooters on it. And it really has found a home for those. Like you said, the Sikio games, even though I don't like them, it's a perfect machine to play on because you play it in the right orientation, which is a must. 
Gumberto, yeah, Gumberto's on there, isn't it? Gumberto, that's that's in a new Astro City at work. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's been quite good like that. I mean, there there is a ton of old stuff you can buy. So I mean, I, I don't agree with the five to seven quid for the old arcade games because you can play them on loads of systems anyway. Why you want to play them on the Switch? But a, a lot of the indie games are absolutely lovely. They're a delight to play. Really nice. Indie games as well, yeah. Mm, loads of them coming out. It's doing very well, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I like it a lot. Because, I mean, I didn't really want one. I remember talking at the... I think it was one of the the arcade and leisure shows in London. I was talking to Alex and Roger. And they are big Nintendo fans, obviously. Like, huge. And they were saying about it, and I was like, well, I don't think I need one. I don't think I'm going to bother with it. And then wife bought one for birthday, because she had no idea what I wanted. I couldn't work with it. She said, I'm going to buy you it. I went, oh, great, you know, I'll have a go of it. And now I really love it. It's really, really cool. Mm. Yeah, very nice. Uh, what else have I been up to? Oh, oh, another thing. Another I've been making, and it's sort of console-related. You know what the Pico 8 is, don't you? Yeah, yeah, the... the, the- fantasy console it's not a real thing it's basically a program that many computers can run you can run it online you run it on a mac on a pc linux you can play it on a pi and it's basically a program you buy it it's about 12 pounds 15 dollars something like that and people have been making it's lua based which is a computer programming language i know nothing about apparently it's a bit like python a bit like python i don't know something like that or some one i'm sorry i bought a, a pico 8 game because it was great. It was a little platformer. I'm glad you did. About a month ago. I've got it somewhere. I can't so, remember what it's called. So you bought Pico 8 as well? You've got the actual no. system? Or you just bought the game? Just bought the game. And you can play it what, online, I take it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, cool. Because I bought Pico 8. Because what the idea was, is because it's a, a virtual console, it's just a program. A machine doesn't exist. You can't buy a little box with it in, with a screen. But what I did is I actually made a box and made a screen... And I put it in one of my control panels. You know, my sloped control panels I use for the Vectrex games. It's got two buttons only, an eight-way joystick. It's all inside the box. It's a little switch at the back. There's a button at the back, which is your escape button to get out of the games, in and out of the games. And it runs a standalone version of Pico 8, which has got no operating system. It runs on a Pi Zero. It's got no operating system, so it boots in six seconds. It's really fast. Yeah. So it turns on almost like an original console. It boots really quickly. It boots straight into its little explorer system called Splore. And you can put games just on the on the, on the the SD card. So it's not even online. Because normally you get the games online. You scrape them offline. But it's not even online. And I bought a little 7 or I think it's an 8-inch LCD screen, which is almost the same size as the box it's in. And it just sits yeah. in front of it. And I've yet to make... A control panel overlay for it. I've made one. I've actually done the graphics. I need to get it printed by Ollie Muddy Music at uh, um, Arcade Art Art Shop, and I, and I could do that, and it'll be finished, and it's going to look really cool because it just loads up, and you play these little games. They're really chunky. I think they're one eighty by one eighty resolution, sixteen colours. Yeah, one sixty, isn't it? You're limited yeah. to like forty eight k or something silly like that. It's a really short, um, small amount of programming language. You're only allowed a certain number of I think they call them elements or lines of programming. So it's really limited. It's limited on purpose to make people program. And loads of people are making free games for it. There's a version of Scramble. There's a really nice version of Bubble Bubble. There's a version of Kung Fu Master, which is really cool. There's Asteroids. There's Pac-Man. I'm just putting these little arcade games on there and having it as a little standalone unit. 
when I've completely got it done, I'll do a video of it, of, you know, on the inside and how I made it and stuff as well. But it was quite a squeeze getting a Pi Zero. I actually used um, a pad hack of an old USB NES pad. <laughs> so that's inside it as well. There's um, an on and off switch. There's a power supply. And I've actually got it running off 12 volts because I've, I've made a power splitter for the screen and the Pi. And when the 12 volts goes into the box... It's got a voltage regulator, which brings it down to 5 volts for the Pi, safe for the Pi. Yeah. So you only need one plug with a splitter on it, which I've got, to run both things, rather than having two sets of plugs everywhere. Yeah, I think this is what I got. I think it was a donation thing. I think you could donate to it. It's only two or three quid. It's a cool little platform. It was done in Pico 8. And I think you could... What, do you know what the name is? You have to send it to me. It sounds quite good. No, I was just, I'm just looking through my inbox then to see... Because find a receiver. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Three or four weeks ago, Vic. I can't remember this morning, man. Talking about uh, pies and everything, there is a new little project being made, and it's going to start getting orders for it soon, of a multi-invaders pie unit. Ooh. Basically, it's a pie. I'm not sure which version of pie, and a little interface, but it plugs into a midway black and white space invaders cabinet and i don't so happen to have one of those in my garage i've got a cocktail cab and it plays i presume lots of versions of two-way one fire button black and white games i'm not quite sure what's going on yet my mate john singletary in america put me onto this and he's going to order me one up when the orders come out and for himself so hopefully in a few weeks or months i'll be getting one of those and do a review on it Looking forward nice. to it. So I've already got a multi on original hardware in my midway. But yeah, having more like games on there would be even better. Bomber and stuff, it? It's and got about six or seven games, I think. It's got like um Galaxy Wars, Balloon Bomber, Space Invaders One and Two, uh Jactra Invader, that's a French version, Space Invasion, and what was the other one? Lunar Rescue. Our favourite Lunar oh, Rescue. Nice. So it's, it's got some really nice games on there, but having Basically, nearly all the games that can go on that hardware would be really cool. I like the idea of that. So you don't have to, you don't have to, it's emulation again, but you don't have to use the, the Space Invaders hardware, the board in there. So hopefully I can use both. be quite cool. Looking forward to that. Guess what, uh, where, where I've been. Where have you been? Pubs. Uh-oh. I've been to two pubs. Social distancing, nice meal. It's all for, uh, two different places, very well organised. Couple of pints, proper pints, oh, proper, proper pints. glass and everything. These the nice people at Brewdog have been delivering cases to my door. Off Punk IPA and that. The, they've been doing offers too good to refuse. I could I easily I'd, refuse I'd them. Out. I'd go out and have a nice pint of shipyard. Oh, I love a shipyard. Yeah, so that's good. Say that carefully, won't you? Yes. Yes. I've been enjoying going out again. I've well, only been twice, but stay safe, young man. Stay safe. Yes, we are. I wouldn't dream of going anywhere like that at the moment with people everywhere. Actually, come to think of it, I did. I went into proper proper to London, and I went to <clears throat> Hawksmoor and had a massive steak. It was lovely, but there was quite a bit of distance between each table. They got like little tables in between the bigger tables with no one sat at them, and it was pretty good. And all the staff were. They yeah. even had hand gel there. And the guy said, have you noticed the hand gel? And I said, yeah, it's really greasy. He said, the idea is it's got some kind of oil in it. So it takes you 20 seconds to actually rub it in. So it actually goes all the way. And then you have a lot of time rubbing it in and getting it all in there. So it's quite a good idea doing that. 
Oh, yeah, we have stuff like that. I don't know if it's on purpose. I just think it's really strong stuff. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> it probably on purpose, to, to, so you wring it right through your hands and you know, get it all yeah, in there and everything. Ages, yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was really nice to get out. It's the first time we've been out in all that time, and it was absolutely delicious. God, it was it so nice, good. isn't it? Someone Ooh. else cooking food. I've just had a lovely fry-up, by the way. Oh, it I know. I haven't eaten yet, and I'm on a bit of a diet, so thanks for that, mate. Bacon. Eggs, sausage, beans, mushroom, hash brown, t- toast, badgers. Oh, mate. A bit, a bit of grilled it. badger. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I, I love eating, mate. It's great. It's great, isn't it? It's, 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 uh, yeah, I'll be lost without it. Do you know I had that problem with the Atari Vox? You know, this speech synthesis for the Vectrex. Well, yeah, the lovely well. Richard Hutchinson, who, who designed the thing, has worked out what was wrong with it. There's a PIC chip inside it, which is a little programmable chip. And I think Atari Age used some ones that weren't very good and it wasn't programmed properly. He reprogrammed the PIC, sent one to me, and it works absolutely perfectly. So hopefully they'll have sorted that out by now. But I need to sort out the other two I've got as well. Because I bought, well, I um, I went in on a deal with Alex and Chris CNP and we bought three together. So I need to get theirs sorted as well. My one works now, but I need to get the other two sorted out. That's good. Good I getting could, something I fixed, though, isn't it? I sorted that for you. No, my new no, you powers. cannot. <laughs> Guess what I've been doing? I've been carrying on messing with, like, Linux commands and stuff, and there's a there's a bash. It's called bash. Which I'll is bash you dish, in a minute. Which is like the DOS prompt, really. It's like the Linux version of DOS prompt, and you can do, like, scripts, which Windows calls batch files. And I'm doing rudimentary scripts, you know, just to maybe check one file for something and output it to another file just messing around and i'm understanding how linux works more and more and it's very interesting to me yeah because that sort of thing can be quite interesting in the arcade world because it can be used for sorting roms can't it Mm. so if you if you sort of tell it to look at list files you can actually work out stuff because i've I've had a look at this myself into some other things i'm not sure if they were batch files or or bash files like you say i'm not sure what they are i'm not really into that but i was looking through them i sort of understood oh yeah they've got to be in a certain way and it can read them and then sort them in certain areas which is quite useful because i keep wanting to get hold of a program that sorts out main roms and i did actually been using one lately it's the i can't remember the name of it now clr clr main pro yeah, that's the that's the. Well Been using that, and it strips out like you know parent ROMs and and child and whatever they call them files, and it puts them all together and separates. And it it dumps out ones you don't want, like if you don't want the mechanical games and the mahjong games, all this sort of stuff. And it's quite useful because when you've got a main setup and you're using like a front end or whatever, and you see like twenty eight versions of Street Fighter Two, it's like I don't need that. I need one. You know, it's it's that kind of thing where you don't want to be just scrolling through thousands and thousands of Mahjong games that you don't are never going to play, or you can't even you know even work anyway. So that sort of thing needs to be done. And if anyone can, who knows a good way of doing it, please get in contact or send me a ROM set for goodness sake. Yeah, it's yeah these shell scripts. I'm I'm really enjoying using them. Yeah, nice one. I have also been trying in vain to get some more done on the Mister Driller cab. It's been Mr. sat around now. Mr. Driller needs a filler in the T-moulding. It does. Um, I've put the filler in the T-moulding holes. I haven't had a chance to take it outside yet and actually reroute the T-moulding slots. But 
Another little thing to make me do it is lovely Mr. Rob Llewellyn has sent me a tiny bit of T-Modern I forgot about, which goes on the front of the control panel, because he's got pink T-Modern for his Mr. Driller cab. Oh. And I think he's beating me at the moment, because his Mr. Driller cab looks rather nice, and he's getting on with it a lot more than I am, which annoys me a bit. Mr. Driller in the chiller in the cold weather. No. <laughs> Sorry. How about no? No. I have Sorry. also ordered... And it's, you're going to hate this, much to your chagrin. I've oh, ordered a dig, mini a dig Dug Arduboy. If you don't know what an Arduboy is, it's a credit card, credit card length and width, and a little bit thicker than a credit card. Little tiny game console. It's black and white. I've got one. And you send the games via an Arduino program. It uses like an Arduino Uno or something. And you send them on a, via a little cable. It's one program at a time. And it plays like little bits of Tetris and loads of really cool games. It's done by a community. They're all free. But this one, I think they've they've licensed the hardware out to one of the companies that makes the like Majesco or I can't remember which one it is now. They are produced by Super Impulse. But it's basically Dig Dug. On one of these little credit card things, so I can actually put it in my wallet, and I can play Dig Dug whenever I like. I've nice. I just had to. They had loads of different versions. They had Pac-Man and Tetris and Invaders. I thought I can't be buying all of them. I buy one. I bought Dig Dug, so that hat's on its way. Hopefully. Arduo boy. Listened to a load of music lately. I mean, I have a favourite band of mine, Creeper. I was at their last gig before they gave up a few years ago. And they, two years later, I think it was to the day, they came back with a new album and a new look and new outlook and all this sort of stuff. Because we sort of knew they were going to do something, but it's quite a secret what they did. And they've been back, and their new album was released on Friday. Also on Friday, uh, a band, Hallowed Hearts, you might not have heard of. But they're two friends of mine, Alex Virilios and Andrew Sager. Andrew Sager of... Sager. Yeah, Iris. Who do our theme tune. So Andrew's the the brains behind the music part of Iris and also behind Hallowed Hearts. And Hallowed Hearts, if you like old goth rock music like uh, Sister Mercy, The Mission, stuff like that, you will love Hallowed Hearts. They're really good. Go and get the album immediately. Well, Lewis has got got me into certain music because we've we've been spending so much time like cleaning the new Astro Cities and the Blast Cities, putting them together. The lovely bromance you've got going there. Lewis repairing the stuff that i mess up yeah where's this plug go boom that's yeah. not happened oops but I, i'm into a blues guy now called rl burnside and also right he's <laughs> got spotify on rolling stones he said let's put rolling stones on i said they're very overrated. they're very overrated there's nothing they've ever done that i've liked so put the greatest hits on and there's about 20 on there i thought god that i remember that that's good that's good that's good so i've changed my opinion about that just mm. crusty old rockers did some good music. The only, they did a few good songs in the eighties, but they're very varied. Rolling Stones, aren't they? They've had a blues career, they've had a rock career, they've had a cheesy mm. career, and yeah, they're very talented. But it's, yeah, not for me. Sympathy for the Devil is a great song, though you cannot deny that it's a great song. Mm, bit of sympathy uh, for him. Here's another one for a, a real blast from the past. New Bush album from the remember from the nineties, Bush. They're a really good, really good album. They're a UK uh, band that really did well in America, and they did a, an album called Sixteen Stone, which is absolutely brilliant. Do you like a bit of Bush, Sean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, joking aside, the new album is a Return to Greatness. It's really, really good. I was very impressed with it. Love it. They're yeah, really cool. 
Oh, here's another one. More stuff coming through our door at the moment, but not for me. Uh, new video game fabrics for WAF's face masks. She's been selling tons of these things. Absolutely tons of them. And she's got new materials for Bubble Bobble, uh, Mega Man and Pac-Man sprites. And she said to me, oh, I don't think much of the Bubble Bobble one. It looks really pixelated. I didn't realise it's going to be so pixelated. And I went, no, that's exactly what people want. I bet you that's going to sell like hot cakes. So everyone buy a Bubble Bobble one just to prove me right. Yeah, but I wore my Space Invaders one all last weekend. Cool. And it's pr- pretty comfortable. And when you get the, the angle of the wire over your nose, yes. when you get it right, then your glasses don't steam up. So I finally sorted that out. That's the idea, yeah, to just keep it off, yeah. off from blowing all your hot air up your, up your glasses. Up yeah. your glasses, yeah, brilliant. These are really nice fabrics. I love the Bubble Bobble. It's got loads of different characters from, I think, Bubble Bobble 3 and 4. So you've got like the female dragons as well. And there's, there's the bubbles. And oh, it's really nice. The Mega Man one's pretty cool as well. And the Pac-Man one, it's just Pac-Man sprites, like the fruits and the ghosts. and all. It's really, really cool. It's going to be on the website. And she's actually made a nice PDF for all of her materials in. So there's lots of non-related, non-arcade and console-related stuff as well. So there's tons of them. And I'll put a link to that on the show notes as well for everyone to look at. Is a good thing. I didn't believe this at first. I didn't believe it was possible. But the new Donkey Kong Junior world record has been beaten, and it's actually up to one point four seven eight million now. Is that good? It's really good because Donkey Kong, the proper Donkey Kong, is like one point two six, and they reckon that you cannot squeeze many more points out of that. They're unsure of how many points you can get out of it because it's it's there's random elements to Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior. But I didn't realise that Junior was like, you know, 200,000 points more than normal Donkey Kong. And I had to look it up a minute ago before we started uh, speaking. And it's um, 1.478 million by Phil Tudos. And this is via Wolf217, which is Wolf Mame. It's the one, it's the Mame you cannot cheat on. It's the, you know, the, the industry standard world record holding Mame you can't cheat on. It records it and you can't use cheats and save states and pause and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. And that's beating the ar- the actual arcade machine record of 1.4122 million by Mark Keel. So well done, Phil Tudos. Massive ping for him. A huge score. Here's some sad news: the Sega Building Two arcade in Akihabara is closing. Mm. I don't. Did you ever go to it? It's yeah. closing at the end of August. If it's the the big Sega one, I'm thinking of the big Sega logo outside it. I did go there, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I think it's... If it's the one I'm thinking it is, it's very sad because there's quite a few levels of arcade machines there. And I'm hoping it isn't the one with the older games in it because the one that's on one level, it's at the top. They've got, like, um, the Japanese version of Darius, which is a smaller cab. And they've got a few sit-downs, you know, proper Japanese versions and and older games. I've got a feeling that's where the the weird four-player gauntlet was, but it wasn't the gauntlet cab that we know of. It's a, um, I think it was a, a Konami licensed version of it. It was a really nice cab. I saw so many weird cabs I've never seen before. And I really hope it isn't that arcade that's going down because I'd love to have gone there again, but it doesn't seem like it now if it is. Oh, what a shame. It is a shame. I believe you've got a biscuit review for us, Sean. I have. I Go have. On, man. I, tried, I tried a new biscuit called a Twix Top. Twix, Twix top. top? Is that like a lager top? No. Lager, ooh, it's like a Twix, but squashed, right? Squashed so Twix, so you sat on so it in your pocket. So it's like a flat thing, so you've got less biscuit, less caramel, and less chocolate. 
it's just like a crap Twix. I give it, <laughs> I give it like three out of ten. It's a crap Twix. It's a crap. Why bother with that? Just squash a normal Twix. Yeah, it's very weird. Not and that re- that concludes the biscuit review for this month. Now my wallet is is going to get a beating before long because Mr. Lewis keeps hassling me about buying a Mister. He's got one. He wants to sell me a spare one, and I'm about that far away, which is about eight thousandth of an inch from buying <laughs> it. He he was telling me earlier uh, a guy has done a prototype for a, a new interface which goes directly to a Jammer arcade cap, and it's got zero lag to the Mister, absolute zero. So it's going to be as close to the arcade as you can possibly get, as far as I know, and. I've been using my ZX Uno. I got a ZX Uno 4.1, which is an old version of Uno, which primarily is a Spectrum FPGA, but it runs a lot of different cores as well because it's got a certain chip on there, and it plays some arcade 8-bit games. I've been playing Donkey Kong, which the screen was rolling on it for some reason. I couldn't get the screen to stop rolling. I've been playing... some loads of bunch of games. I've been uh, Gallagher's pretty good on there. I think there's a few sounds out on it. It's quite different, but they play really nicely. And I'm quite enamoured with it. I'm not sure if I want to replace my main machines with it yet. Mm. But it's another thing to tinker with, isn't it? And I think I've probably got enough things to tinker with in my life. But it yeah. is. It's appealing to me, and my wallet keeps going. Just, just why don't you just buy one? Ah, go on, buy. Buy it. You like it. You don't have to use it. Just it. Just buy it now, and you can play with it later when you've got time. Go on, have it. Go on, have it on me. Go on. It'll be okay. <laughs> well, I've bought some strangely. Oh, what, what, hold, hold on. What does your wallet sound like? Is your wallet like a Welsh or something? We'll say it's Welsh. It, it does. Okay. Could you, can you do a Welsh accent? Yes. Go on. Do it. What kind of Welsh accent would you like? Well, this one, this, the soft kind of one, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Sean, I'm your wallet. What do you want to buy, love? Oh, I'll tell you what, Alex Jones, after the one show, I'd buy her. Uh, she's Welsh. Anyway, don't usually buy, I don't usually buy anything you can't use, eat or drink, because yes. I just, I don't collect anything. Or, but I've bought an art book from my favourite artist, Malika Favre. Who is There's that? It's a, she's a French, I think, or Spanish or something, something like that. And she do, does minimal vector line art. And she, she does a lot of magazine covers and promotional posters and stuff. And new, the New Yorker and all that lot. And okay. it's just, there's four or five colours in each picture, maybe less. And it's just what you don't see. There's a lot of sort of female forms and that. And it's what you don't see. It's just shapes. And it just fa- it's fascinated me for years. So I thought I'd support her and buy the book. Oh, nice and it's, one. And it's, yeah, I've put a, put a link in the no-shows. And it's beautiful art. It's the stuff I like. Some people just think it's very simple, but it's Ooh, really... Oh, I'm looking now. Yeah, it's very minimal. Really Ooh, clever. There, there's a name for this kind of art. Uh, I can't remember what kind. It's kind of like um, minimalism and pop art. I, I like pop art yeah. anyway. Love pop yeah. art. Very, very clever. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Mm. Oh, I do like that. There's nice no, one. There's very we... little gradients in it. It's all just solid stamps of colour that, but just so, so curvy and beautiful. It's unusual like, for like, the like, listeners to listen like... to a cultured Sean, but yeah, nice one. Yeah, 
Yeah. And yes. I've got another I've got another wireless mouse. The other one was too big. It's too Too unwieldy. big. Was it a rat? It was or Was it a hamster? It, I was getting hand cramps. I've got a little one. Oh, there you go, kids. That's it's like quite a stand, weenie. A standard size mouse. How big really? was the last one? Or your hands it, trump sized, very small hands. It, it had like it had all these extra buttons on it. It was like a gaming mouse, which I Sean, didn't really Sean, that was a keyboard, yeah. mate. Oh, that's it why was you quite had trouble big. with it. That's why, yeah, the right mouse button was a space bar. <laughs> I wondered why nothing were happening. <laughs> I'm amusing myself here. <laughs> yeah, so two things I've bought. That's amazing. I've bought lots of food and beer, but that's about it. As usual. I've been mainly just bits and bobs to make things, components and stuff. Nothing arcade-related as such. But that mister is, is on the horizon, I believe. On the horizon. Oh. Yeah, get it. Oh, don't be. Oh, you're at it as well now. I've, I've got seen... time to play with it, Eve. I've had a little time to play with the Uno, let alone flipping Mister. We were messing around with it, and there was like Tetris playing on a new Astro. The Game Boy Tetris Ooh. on a new Astro City. And no, not on a new Astro City, an E Grade 3. And it, it that would brilliant. look awesome. That would be <laughs> awesome. I would actually leave it in there like that, actually, and have it as a sort of daft. Uh, sort of play cab just as an example of what you can do that'd be brilliant nice very cool talking of cabs last thing before we do the feedback have you got your cabinet sorted out yet because lewis was going to come around and sort it for you wasn't he yeah we just haven't had time it's been a mad rush getting the the other ones ready at the club so i reckon no i might be i might have no 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 but power supplies are still beyond me yeah they hurt yeah. Even when they're off, they can hurt. I've I've felt that myself. Thanks. If if you if you lean on a, a a cap or something and it discharges through your hand, it's not pleasant. Even when it's off, it's not pleasant. I've done that a few times. I did crush three of Lewis's fingers when we were trying to get a new Astro City monitor out for servicing. Yeah. And I dropped the monitor back in, and his fingers were still in the, in the back of the. <laughs> so he's only got. He's only got seven fingers now, but he don't mind. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Listener feedback. First bit of feedback we got is from Boomgo Pinball. Uh, he's forgot to share these. He says, Toppers, a Boomgo Junior, one of his kids, made and one special for the Cubert Challenge. And it's it's a little uh, homemade control box with Cubert on the front, and it's got a Cubert as the ball top. How cool is Yay. that? And it's sat on another cab. Or another picture of one of the Ms. Pac-Man who's got a very wry little grin on her face. I like that. <laughs> and also he sent us another link where he's put God Bless America, a picture of Donkey Kong Jr. Ooh. He has found complete in America for $150. Just oh needs a monitor Lord. rebuild. That would uh, be, what would that be, 700 quid and then you've got to get it over here? Would it be something like that? No, 150 quid's about £120. No, I mean, if we wanted one over here. Oh, yeah, a few hundred pounds to get over, yeah. But, no, yeah. But, what, to buy a cab, you mean? Yeah. Oh, hold yeah. on, Sean. Let, stop. Stop right there. A very good friend of mine just sold his Donkey Kong Jr., which was very dear to my heart as well, for £2,300. God! Was yes. it minty, though? Was it really good condition? It was nice, yeah. But, I mean, I sold mine a few years ago for 1100 and that was really nice. So, yeah, I'm cabinets way, have I've, gone crazy lately. I know Don, Donkey Kong was. I'm way out on Junior, though. Wow. Well, they're about the same, really, because I think I, I believe 
my personal opinion, I prefer the Junior Cabinet. I like the orange and the artwork on Junior. But mm. I slightly prefer Donkey Kong the game. But if you've got both, they, they can just be swapped over in the same cabinet. So there's, there's no there's no harness swapper, and you just swap them straight over. Same pinouts. But yes, yeah, yeah. so having both in a Junior cab is the ideal way to play Donkey Kong, in my opinion, and Junior. Lovely. I got some feedback from Bill Kendrick. I'm not sure if you've come across Reactistan on YouTube or not. There's a new video today that is topical in more ways than you might expect. Basically, the YouTube series series is folks from rural parts of Pakistan being brought into the city to sit down and try novel to them Western things. I've watched a couple of these, Mm -hmm. like coffee, gelato, video games. Many have no experience with them and they have vague knowledge or or hardly any experience. I think he was a big Rygar fan on one guy. All right. I found these folks a few months back when they were trying to play Super Mario Bros. on a NES. Today they were trying to play Donkey Kong. Surprisingly, none of the ones who played Super Mario seemed to recognise a protagonist in Donkey Kong was the same guy. Even if these kind of reacts videos aren't your sort of thing, they're generally not mine. I strongly endure, encourage you to watch this one. First off, they're adorable folks. are really nice people. Yeah, Secondly, you need to watch it at the end because it has a surprisingly topical section at the end. Oh, yes. So, no names mentioned, but it's obvious what producers of the video are talking about. Seriously, go watch it. I've watched a couple of them. Really mm-hmm. good. Really good. I watched this particular one, and there's a lady playing in it, and she's absolutely charming. And the guy, who's quite a serious man, he's like, hmm, I would never cheat. And it's it's really, really good. Uh, I, I, I don't believe they're... They seem quite... Um, I wouldn't say rural... You know, they're used to technology, mm. uh, but maybe not games as such. But yeah, it's it's really nice to watch. Anyway, it's really lovely. I quite like it. Yeah, they asked they asked a couple of them. I can't remember the game that they couldn't get to the end of the level or something. And how long do you think you'd master this and get to uh, get world to record, a world yeah. record? Yeah, and they said a couple of them said, "Oh, I think a month. I think a month should do it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. he, he goes on to say. Uh, I usually hate the today's kids try to play Nintendo for the first time kind of crap because they never equip the kids with the instruction manual. Do they think that folks like us 30 years ago could have ever given an S or an Atari 800XL and figured it out how to hook it up and all to use without the, the manual? I have proof that it took me two days after getting my Atari floppy disk drive before I felt confident enough to use the basic save command. Yeah, I was always really worried as a kid that you you'd blow it up or break it. Or you break your television, and it, it it was it wasn't the case. You couldn't do that. It's very rare you actually broke anything if you turned something off the wrong way, or you you know turned a dial or something. It wasn't going to break. But you were always as a kid so worried that your two hundred quid computer you you get murdered by your parents if you broke it or whatever. <laughs> Mister Twenty to Five. Neil, 25, gentlemen, another tippity-toppity cast, no doubt about it. Wonderful to hear news of a regular biscuit review. Remember you who introduced you to the mysteries of the Stroop waffle. Oh, forgot about Ooh. I like a waffly Stroop. Oh, so do I. <laughs> Vic talked about a wee bit about the Pico 8. I've been on this on about this since the start. A brilliant little non-device, a great way for kids and adults alike to dip their toes into the world of coding. I, I dip my toes into the world of codeine. That's pretty good, but yeah, a, a bit yeah. Moorish. Yeah. <laughs> if 
I can find some of my cars, I'll sell you to. I'll send them to you. Like any console, the devs are really starting to open up its its potential now with some truly amazing games being created. Let's talk cubes, though. Sorry, cubes with a Q. Terrific game that I had previously shunned really clicked with me, and I would definitely keep going. I came second, but only to the non-human Terminator opponent, Charlie Farr, and it is my best ever finish. I also inadvertently beat a third place Twin Galaxies name score. Oh, right. Oh, Vic, if Sean ever asks you to do a new section where he sings arcade tracks in the style of Vic Rue's pub singer, do not let him. Well, when we did our Zoom chat, I did. I did. Sit down in the The last bit was like 20 bonus points if you get the song, and I was just like basically making noises. <laughs> <laughs> So they didn't get it. It was. It was. I forgot what it was. Neil. Neil has been. Neil's graciously been helping me out with Pico. He's given me a lot of hints and tips on it. Actually, got me into it, and I have got the game he made. It's pretty good. It's only small at the moment. He needs to keep at it and expand the levels. It's really good. I like it. He's a clever lad, that Neil. Is little platformy game. One Punch Rob just finished listening to the podcast. Great as always. Cubert's Cubes really was a great pick as shown by everyone liking it. Not sure I'm going to do on the next game. I'm not that great at it in the arcade, so playing at home might even be worse. I do have the Master System version, though, which has no auto-fire and the Smart Bomb is on the other controller. Victor, if you're a fan of Tony Hawk in a PS1 days, they are remastering 1 and 2 on PS4, Xbox One, but so far not Switch, so I am not interested. Oh, boo. If it comes out on the Switch, I'm having it. Sim Keeling. Hi, mate. On your latest podcast, you listed all the podcasts you've been listening to. Add at Arcade Radio to your list. It's excellent. Arcade Blogger is interviewed on one of the episodes. Ooh. Yeah, it, it seems to be a YouTube-only live stream thing. Oh, I can't... The thing with uh, my phone is when you put YouTube on, if you turn the screen off with the music, the, the audio on, it turns a whole lot off. Mm. So I can't really do that with my ones. It's a bit of a pain. I suppose you can you could record them and listen to them afterwards. That's a lot of faff. Mm. Peter K-Man. This made me think of you, Mr. Sean Holly, and there's a YouTube video. What's it for? Oh, it's Firestarter. Oh, I see. Go it's, on, do a bit a, of it. It's a little a mum, a Swedish mum, reading a, a story to a, a little girl before bedtime, and, and she says she must be saying in Swedish, you know, do, do you want a song? And she does Firestarter. She starts banging the table. I'm a Firestarter, and everything's <laughs> flying everywhere. She's, like, she's screaming and shouting, and a little girl's under the covers. Like, <laughs> I will put the, the YouTube link on the show notes. It's very funny. Is it good? One? Hello, gents. It's James off the Retro Gaming Channel and website Let's Talk Retro. Hope you're both doing well. Still loving the podcast and very grateful that you both are still continuing your legacy and making this continue for a long time. Right, on to the other purpose of this email. Over the past few months, I've been messing around with the arcade front-end coin-ops. I'm sure you guys and listeners will know it well. It's much more designed towards the average Joe rather than build the computer wizard. Anyway, how? Getting on to the point. A very few talented graphic artists were involved with coin-ops and taken a GUI, GUI, to another level by adding the cabinet to the selection screen with the video snapshot playing on the monitor. Here is a photo to show you what I'm talking about. It's a Namco Excalina Excalina cab. The biggest problem with this project is getting good quality photos completely face on. Would you be so kind to ask the listeners if they would like to contribute photos of the cabinets uh, to please get in touch with, and the email is letstalkretro at gmail.com. 
Twitter is Let's Talk Retro. The front end is all free and available to all so everyone benefits. Alternatively, come join the project on Discord, the CoinOps project. Thanks to you both. I'm sure I'm hoping to get into the both arcade clubs soon as they reopen with a camera, if Sean will let me, that is. Take care, James. P.S. Always wondered what the full podcast intro song is called and sounds like. It's New Invaders by Iris. P.S.S. I feel better about eating Sean's hot dogs now that he has a food hygiene certificate. There you go. I got a food hygiene certificate, yes, yes. Very good, very good. I'm hygiened up. Jeremy Riley, operation initiated indeed. Sean, pay no attention to the naysayers. This was a good choice and works well with compromise controls. After maybe a dozen goes, I can get through to the airport with 207.950. Check Arcade Psychic for latest. I played this game back in the day and really enjoyed it. Then I played it again on the Amiga and found the mouse to still be fun. No. Turn it into into kind of quick draw accuracy game rather than a desperate gun battle in the arcade lots of bonus items to shoot for more points coconuts barrels etc it's sequel operation thunderbolt expanded the experience of the two-player mode and some driving into screen but the original is probably the most memorable i played this in arcade club last year for the first time in 30 years and it was a blast all over again it was thank you jeremy Andrew Hannay sent us a link to some coffee and ice cream ale. Definitely one for you there, Sean. Mm, it's, I think it's a dark ale. I'm not it, really into yeah, that. a lot of the dark ales do taste quite coffee-like anyway. A stout, stouts or porters, I'm, I'm not so keen on. But I, I do like pale ales and India pale ales. That's because you are a wuss. No, then that's awesome. Some of them are the strongest thing known to man. They are. Some of the porters are really strong. In Eek. the beer world. Eek. Oof! Rygar. Brewdog are doing one called Double Punk at the moment, which is like Punk IP, but double strengths are 8%. And it's 12 quid a pint, probably, knowing them. Oh, yeah, I can only have I can only have like 12 of them before falling oh, over. God. Rygar <laughs> R. Another superlative casting of the pod, gentlemen. And what an intriguing pick for this month's game, Operation Wolf. I still remember the first time I saw it on my summer holidays back in 88. Back in those days, I was an absolute arcade addict. I couldn't get enough of those bleepy, bloopy, brightly coloured classics. Shooting stuff in virtual battlefields was my forte. Like most kids, I was also a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and the whole gamut of escapist movie violence. However, until this point, when it came to shooting stuff, it was never actually right in face. It was only into every in the chops of tiny spaceships or monsters. Operation Wars was different. For the time, it's by far the most realistic <laughs> shooting experience available. The violence just didn't feel real, but grotesque. And for a brief moment, I was generally shocked. Maybe I was strung out on coke cola that feeling didn't last of course and it wasn't long before i was saving up to buy oceans conversion for my mega 500 still looking back the experience was weird my first taste of cognitive dissonance but it got me all prepped up for the big buck hunt games morally they're a bunch of filthy rubbish we all know that killing living things for fun is not a good look and they certainly can glorify that in my opinion however the games themselves work really well and don't hurt anything Op wolf's the same Unfortunately, I seem to have lost my mojo. I had one CC'd it on a joystick a couple of years back, but now I can't seem to get past round two. Better get practising. Talking about really good scores, uh, Mr. Sean Courtney from Pie Factory Podcast has scored 1.887 million on Qbert's Cubes. He missed the show because he's a bit far behind on podcastings listening I, to I said on the podcast I knew Sean was doing really well I thought he was on four or five hundred thousand but he was obviously exceeded that by loads 1.887 million is a good score and he is ranked number two I believe on Orcade 
Well, this is the gallop from the Galloping Ghost anyway, so I think he's number two on Orcade. So that's a really good score. Awesome. And Mr. Tagster sent us a picture of Operation Wolf, a children's machine, which was in Japan back in the day, I think. And yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a lower down version, isn't it? What kids need is an Uzi 9mm. Go on, Arnie, say it. The Uzi 9mm. You'll be hearing a lot of that later. <laughs> Friendly shout-outs. Shout-outs. This is a shout-out I forgot from last time. But a shout-out to Mark Singleton, who's one of the tech guys at the club, for getting on a Walter Day card for Ooh. his 2016 Gauntlet Twin Galaxies World Record. I think, I think he played it for 12 hours. It's single oh player. Oh, my Lord. And he got, yeah, he got the 2016. And only just now he's getting on a card. But well done, Mark. John Singletary for the info on Arcade Jason, which is the new Space Invaders multi I was talking about earlier. Thank you for that. He's been sending me pictures of new cabs he's been buying lately. God, the Americans are so spoiled. Mm. And lots of shout-outs coming in for Mrs. Tenpence. We're getting photos of everyone wearing her masks. Yeah, That's she's cool, sold a ton of them, and people are really liking them. Yeah, they're well, they're well made, aren't they? Mm. I watch mm. her making them by the side of me when I'm doing buttons and stuff. Mm. Another, awesome. one, another one uh, last shout out is for Bobby Idod for making me that lovely thing for me Commodore 64 and Mr. 20 to 5 helped me out with the Pico 8 uh, I couldn't have done it without him thank you guys mm, nice one and a, a big shout out to everyone in the world yeah stay safe uh, kids hopefully you're all alright lots, lots of bad news going down and redundancies and oh it's horrible but at least... it is it's miserable times at least you know there's always a game to play at the end of the day. Yes. What do you say? Let your fears go away. I'm doing some poetry tonight, aren't I? Yeah, sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> right. Right, Mr. Marland. It says this... it says here, super hard, obscure as F star star K quiz from Sean. Arcade Master Quiz. Go for it. Yes. Taking no prisoners this time. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Number one. Right. There's more than ten points here, but I can't can't add up a lot, so I don't know how many points there is. Name as many enemies as you can from 1984 Atari classic Peter Packrat. Oh, no. That's a horrible game. I've mentally blanked it out. How many enemies? But- Junkyard dog. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's Dogs, it. That's yeah. the only one I can think of. Sure. Uh, and, oh, oh, bats, rats, yep. hamsters, yep. pigs, giraffes. <laughs> He's just guessing now. Blobfish. There's got to be you a bird in there somewhere, hasn't there? Like a an eagle or something. Hate beak. You could have had also cats and owls. Superb owl. It's an excellent owl. It's my favourite owl I've ever seen. Number mm. two. How many points do you need for an extra life in the default settings on Amstar version of Phoenix? 3,000. Oh, I didn't think you'd know that. Sean, what you know about... I have got a Phoenix machine, don't you? Uh, yeah, I did. I forgot. Yeah. How many points for the second life? 30,000. Oh, 
Damn. Yeah, the standard settings, mate. Everyone knows that. Oh, I didn't. You got five out of two. Damn. According to MAME, <laughs> how many versions were there of the Asteroids Deluxe ROM set? Asteroids Deluxe. Four. No, three. Oh, okay. Revision three is the latest one. Number four. Here's a good one. Capcom's well-known f- game. I didn't leave it away there. Plas- <laughs> Plasma Sword Nightmare of Bilstein is what type of game? It's a Street Fighter kind of game. Damn! It's along the same lines as the Darkstalkers, isn't it? It's a bit more like Soul Calibur with the swords. Okay. Swords. Say swords. Properly. What, what year? What year was it released? 89. No, no, later than that. 92. 98. Oh, really? Late as that? Number, Christian number five. Number five, come alive, learn to thrive. Yeah, I'm, I'm well Stop with okay. the poetry. Okay, sorry. How many cubes are there on the play field of Cubert's cubes? Not including the one at the top that you've got to get. How many cubes? 25. Oh, you yes. It's five by five, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's easy. Right, you won't get this one. Number six. The 1980 game Quasar is the first original game created by which manufacturer? Zakaria. Oh, how did you know that? <laughs> I'm just knowledgeable. I've got, I've got a lot of... There's not any good stuff in it. It's just all junk from arcades and that. They, they did loads of licenses and that was their first yeah. game they made themselves right what was the cpu it used then you're not going to get this Ooh, um 6502 no it's the s2650 at 3.5795 megahertz of course favorite of mine that is yeah, i like that one. i have no idea number seven you might get this i knew this daytona twin b is also known as what bells and whistles yeah, that's quite an easy one. Number eight. This is lovely. The 1987 shoot-em-up Bermuda Triangle was released by which famous manufacturer? Mm, is it SNK? Yes! Oh, my God! How did you get that? Bermuda Triangle! Makes me, makes me, woman disappear. And right, how big is the ship? Big, too big, or ridiculous? Ridiculous. No, it's too big. Oh, damn. <laughs> Number nine. Name the two characters on the side art of the Congo Bongo cab. Mr. Pith Helmet and Donkey Kong's brother-in-law. Oh, God. Told you, I'm good at this. God. Right, another side art one. This is number 10. What's on the side art of a Sega Carnival cab? Oh, a bear and a duck and a target. And yeah, that. bear and a target, yeah. And what what is the main colour of that side art? What's the main overall colour? Yellow. No, it's a burnt orange. Oh! <laughs> right, here we go. I'll and burn your oranges. Bonus question. This is an impossible question for 25 points, right, if you get this. You're currently on... 48. You're on 11 out of... 12 out of 10. 
I'm going to make a really hard next I'm honest. Impossible question, right? There's a flyer I've found on the Arcade Flyer Archive, and it's called Midway's Convenient Money Makers. And there's four games on it. It's, it's like this little scene of like a grocery store. There's Pac-Man, Gorf, Rally X, and there's one more game, Midway's Convenient Money Makers, 1981. What obscure game would you think? Robbie Roto. No. Beezer. No. Ooh, ooh, is it um, Lazarian? No, Space oh. Encounters. Oh, that's not Absco. That's a great game, that is. Yeah, but it's, it's, it is compared to the other three, isn't it? Because all those games came in the Minimite machines, which is their cabaret version. I think that's what they all are. Yeah. I, I, I can see flyer. the advert now you said it. It's not Absco. flyer, and it's got... Like all groceries around the people playing, and there is toothpaste in the front of this picture on, on like a little display. Can you name any one of the toothpastes from 1981 that is on display in this signal? Picture? No. Aquafresh. Yep. Thought so. Crest. Yep. Oh no. All that lot. <laughs> I know me toothpaste me. <laughs> the other the other ones were Colgate. Polygrip. No, that's, that's, that's for people like you. That's for pensioners who have uh, dentures. I thought it might be an aim. That might just be for. I thought you said anal then. Aim might be something for toilet aiming. Anyway, was that your super hard quiz that got eighty-seven out of ten? You got fourteen out of eleven. That's not bad, is it? Mm, I guess. You know, I don't, I'm not happy. And here is a word from our sponsor. <laughs> The terrorists have the prisoners. You're going in and hitting hard. Operation Wolf. You played it in the arcade. Now play it on your Nintendo Entertainment System. Fight your way past armored cars, gunboats, and a ruthless enemy. Grab extra ammo and power drinks because you're going to need all the firepower you can get. Operation Wolf. Only from Tyco. The only game in town. Available where your favorite video games are sold. Feature Game Review. Would you like me to do a bit of your game, Sean, since you chose this one? Yeah, go on. Operation Wolf, Operation Ufu, <laughs> Taito, 1987. It's a 68K CPU running at 12 megahertz with a Z80 at 4 megahertz for sound, YM2151 and two MSM5205 sound ICs. Horizontally mounted monitor in a large cabinet with replica Uzi machine gun mounted in the front of the screen. Uzi 9mm. And following the guidelines of all that is decent and fair in law, we have to play this sample again. The Uzi 9mm. The Uzi is mounted on a square plinth, which allows the player to swivel and pivot to aim the reticule on the screen to push bullets forcibly into enemies. Oof. The gun has two so-called buttons, the trigger to squeeze out rounds and a button near the muzzle to let off rockets. The Uzi also has a motor in it to give the feeling of rumbling recoil of the weapon. And it sounds like this. Right, you've written this fic, so I'm going to read it out. Uh, no, and it's no a serious idea. version of what happens in the arcade. It's a, it's it a proper review of the game. Okay, then. You play as Roy Higginbottom, vigilante, sol- vigilante soldier from the US of A. He was in the Army Cadets for nine months and is to- a totally rad soldier, dude. Your main aim, do you see what I did there? Is to find the 
and free five hostages all named Derek. Even though it's a lot of fun to shoot the hostages because they are annoy the annoying noises they make. Eee, eee, like a teenager on a bus playing whiny auto tune music on the tinny iPhone speakers. It is frowned frowned upon to murder Derek's. Yeah, do you upon. lose do you lose health if you kill him? I never did notice. Yes. You do your health goes down quite quickly if you kill him. It's mm. not good. The game consists of six distinct levels, with a set number of enemy and enemy vehicles to cut down in a hail of red-hot bullets. Shooting right in face is key to this game. You obviously use up ammo and rockets as you play the game, which can be replenished by shooting rockets and ammo magazines scattered through the levels in trees and stuff. I'm, I'm going to go outside my house, go over the road and shake that tree and see if some ammo falls out. Might do. What do you reckon? Yeah. Mm. Or, or Savaloys. Savaloys do actually grow on trees in Blackburn. True fact. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, get, you also get ammo from hitting chickens, pigs, coconuts, etc. Not for a discerning vet, vegetarian at all. Some v- levels have friendly looking hostages which you are not meant to hit and some levels you need to actually protect them from evil knife looking wielding enemies knife looking in actual fact i had more fun you had more fun hitting the hostage by accident and laughing at the noises they made you die if the damage bar fills completely resulting in the death of the player's characters the ammunition and grenade supplies are exhausted resulting in the player's character being taken prisoner uh, none of the hostages escape the concentration camp you manage to get out of Asda without getting Sean's supply of IPA in the basket. Oh, not good. None of them successfully board the plane at the airport, resulting in an infuriated rebuke from the President for failing the mission. Now, here's the levels. Level 1 is a communication setup. Mission, obstruct. Completing this stage reduces the number of enemies the player must eliminate in all other stages. Now, I don't get this. Uh, you have to complete this level to progress. So, surely it's a foregone conclusion. If you don't, if you don't complete the level, you don't have any other enemies to to get because you're dead. So oh, I'm not dear. sure what happens with this one. It's a bit of a weird level. Level oh, two, dear. jungle mission: go to a Goldie concert. Oh. Level three, village mission: rest, have a nice bath and shave, and remember to moisturise. <laughs> Mo- this mainly is more of a grab as much health as you can level. Level four, an easy level to replenish your ammo. Level five, kill as many hostages as possible. Actually, protect the five CEOs of a middle-sized stationery company from the bad men. <laughs> level six, Heathrow Airport, just down the road from me. Have a breakfast at Giraffe, and get to the plane without ha- annoying any baggage handlers and not losing your passport. Oh. And make sure you protect the hostages trying to board the plane to their holiday in Benidorm. Oh, we're at tips and secrets. This is from Mame History. Time your grenade shots to wipe out more than one enemy vehicle at a time. I was doing that. It's re- rarely smart to use a grenade on a single vehicle. Grenades are not plentiful enough to use in this fashion. When the large blonde enemy soldiers with, with toting large machine guns appear in stage four of the ammo dump, shoot them in face and it will take them down quickly. I do that. They've got bulletproof vests on, don't they? Yeah. Otherwise, a grenade or lots of bullets will be required. Also in stage four, keep a stream of fire going just to the right corner of the mortar behind the sandbags you will plug the guy shooting at you early and you will not be distracted by incoming mortar fire you, have you, did you get that you get like a, I don't know say 20 seconds of real fast auto fire and your ammo doesn't go down did you get that 
I did, but I didn't actually use it because on on the computer I was playing on, you had to use the mouse to aim, and buttons. I think it was Z and X mine set up for for shooting and shooting your rockets. Mm. And I never really noticed. I was trying to save my ammo all the way through it, so I wasn't just mm. holding the button down and going mad. I was just actually aiming and, and timing my shots because I thought that's what you had to do not to lose your ammo. I didn't really realise. I wasn't paying that much attention, to be honest with you, to, to know I had in unlimited ammo. So, And also, in the game, they the enemies chuck knives and, and mortars and bullets and stuff, and you can actually shoot them in the air to knock them out of the air before they hit you. Mm. So that's fairly easy to do, because they come at you quite slowly. On the fifth stage, concentration camp, you're likely to finish this round shooting foot soldiers. If you are a good shot, wait until they flash. Sometimes the enemies do not flash or shoot. The longer you the d- delay the end of the round, the more likely you are to have ammo, grenades, and power power drinks. Power drinks? Drift. Oh, yeah, you can shoot them, can't you, to get more oh, power? Oh, it's a little can of something. I thought I didn't know what it was, but I didn't think it was a power drink. It's just a little can of something that gives you extra energy. So these, these flashing baddies, are they on a, some kind of register now? Could be, couldn't they? Mm, not good. They would be if they weren't being shot to dead. Yeah, shot to death. Right. Don't need a register mm. when they're dead. No. If you play a game that allows you to select the scene in which you fight, which we wasn't, choose the village when you have 15 to 20 damage points so you can make the most of the village's healing bonus where 20 damage points will be removed. Ah. Also, do not select the ammo dump. It uses more ammo than it gives. Delivers inevitable damage to you and the three helicopters the ammo dump sends to reinforce the final round and nothing compared to the onslaught you face at the ammo dump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, the graphics and sounds are very 16-bit, obviously a massive 16-bit process that they use. Fairly standard. It's got really cheesy voice acting. Uh, Jingrish translations as well. Uh, and very bad interlevel drawn scenes. I do not like them at all. They're just. Oh, I like them. I like them. Mm. They're like got a kind of charm. I thought graphics were quite good, really. Remember, it's 1987, and there's massive sprites on the screen and that. Yeah, but they're not good. <laughs> the cabinet art, um, I'll put a picture on the show notes. It's a big old cab, isn't it? Oh, yes, heavy. Big old, big old long thing you lean on. It's got the, the motor in the gun and everything. It, it looks pretty good. It's quite impressive, but I don't really like the big humongous cabs. I, I never like them. It's like the, the big mm-hmm. Simpsons and Turtles cabinet I've never liked. Oh, they're sort of big and cumbersome. But it, it mm-hmm. serves a purpose. It needs to have that thing to lean on to, to hold onto the rifle, really, doesn't it? To the, the Uzi. Yeah. Go on, do your trivia bit. I know you've been wanting to do this for a month. Oh, this is from uh, both of us. Asked Mr. John Porchy if it was what a, a light. What does he know? If it was a light gun game Actually, or if it everything. Was a positional joysticky thing. And he's put Operation Wolf is absolutely one hundred percent a light gun game. And I'll fight anyone that says says different. My jammer test rig for Op Wolf is using a hacked up Master System light phaser with a little mod in order to test the gun. The screen flashing when you pull the trigger is also a dead giveaway that it's a proper light gun too. You see. Right, disclaimer from myself here. The above is very correct. Sean was using his beardy mind control, which made me confuse this lightning game with the sequel, Operation Thunderbolt, which actually uses a positional gun, which is an analogue joystick with a gun mounted on top of it. Yes, it is. These analogue joysticks broke down a lot less than an optical gun, which I'm presuming needs aligning and calibrated, but I looked in the service mode on MAME and there's no calibration. So I presume when the sensors get dirty or bashed about, they become unreliable. Sean, do you get problems at Arcade Club with the cabs there, with the Operation Wolf cab there? Not with the Operation Wolf cab. Do you know the, the quick and crash quick fire things? It's a very, very short game, and it's a, a physical 
game. It's not not graphics. It's a cab where you, you quick draw and you shoot targets. Okay. Old old fashioned targets, and that has a like light sensor on it. And there's a cup at the end, and you shoot the cup, and it explodes into loads of pieces. But actually, it's just loads of pieces in the bottom of the cab where a, a boost of wind oh. blows blows these pieces up, and a black a black sheet or whatever comes over the cup really quick. So it looks like you've blown this cup up. Oh, cool. That reminds me of a Williams game. What's it called? Chicken shoot. Is it? No, Turkey shoot. Turkey shoot. Yeah. The hilarious thing about the Williams Turkey shoot, and my mate Phil Murray's got one is there's an actual Williams part with a part number called bag of feathers. (laughs) <laughs> and what it is, is you, there's feathers in the bottom of the cab. And when you shoot a certain turkey or whatever in the game, a gust of air, like a compressed air, blasts, and these feathers go <laughs> in the screen. It's hilarious. And it reminds me exactly of that. So cool. It's halfway between a video game and, and an electromechanical game. Very mm, cool they, indeed. They, they do need sorting out sometimes. There's, we've just got a new one. Well, a new game for us, Terminator Salvation, I think it's called. That oh, one. yeah, with those massive... Machine gun thingies. The Uzi nine millimeter. Yeah, and that had the right the right gun was out a tiny bit, and it's had to recalibrate it. But I'm not, I'm not sure how you do. Because on the later games, I've seen this with like I think Point Blank and stuff like that. You've actually got a screen in the setup, and it says you know point to the corner, point to the corner, point to the middle, and it calibrates the gun, so you can look through the sights and get it dead on. But with mm. Operation Wolf, I couldn't find it in the service menu. So I presume if the, if the, the alignment of the the optical sensor goes out. Does it still work? Hey, Port, you get on to us about that, mate. I'd like to find out what goes on with that one. Oh, it's just reminding me. After, like, we've been working at the club and everyone's gone home, you know, this this is before it reopened, I started playing House of the Dead 5, Scarlet oh, Door. Oh, God, I hate those games. <laughs> I know, but it, I just, I thought, you know, I'll have a quick go before I got, went home. You turn all the lights off before you do Before it. I locked up. And it, I really like it. It's just like a, oh, a sure. standard... It's an on-rail shooter. You can choose your path through the game. Mm. And there's loads of zombies. And it's just got quite a nice feel to it. It's just a, a, a good fun, I'd say. And I did finish it. I like 9cc'd it or something. <laughs> but loads God. of credits in. Do you know what? I'm quite into horror films. I've always liked old-fashioned and more serious horror films. Not the hack-and-slash ones. Not like your, your Jasons and your Freddies. But decent, scary horror films. I'm a real fan of like Hellraiser and the demon ones, things like that. And zombie films, I just do not watch them. I hate them. I think the zombie is the worst horror character ever made. They're just so boring and uh, just walking. Oh, just go away, you idiots. Just kick them in the yeah. shin and just walk off. They can't of run, so what's the point? Never like zomboids. 28 days later, they have quick zombies. Watch that. That's yeah, but it's a nonsense film. It's rubbish. You want a proper like demon it. from hell, that's what you want, with spikes in his face, that's what you want. We'll tear your soul apart. And a box with nails and stuff flying out of it, and hooks. That's what you want, proper scary that, stuff. That was really groundbreaking at the time, weren't it? It's really good, visceral horror, wasn't it? I still rate it now, actually. The first two Hellraisers are brilliant. Another bit of uh, Triv, Trev. You are told by a cheesy-looking man in a really bad blue suit, Splendid, you are a real pro. <laughs> S-P-L-E-N-D-E-D, Splendid, you are a real pro when you loop the game. There's a bootleg of this game called Operation Bear, people have probably heard of. Operation Sloth, more like. Mm-hmm. 
Operation Bear was in Coral Island for a bit. Have you sustained a lethal injury? Have you been cut down in your prime in a jungle far from home? Have you been shot right in the face while trying to rescue Margaret from HR? You may be entitled to compensation. Oh, Oh, you're dead. My bad. (laughs) Okay, we've got 40 scores, so loads of players. Thank you, players. Got a lot of scores, yeah. Starting with the exploding pinball man. Boom! He's gone again. He's like a cat with nine lives. He just keeps exploding. Ping, 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 ping. Gone. 12,200. I have sustained a lethal injury as my child, my mother, taught, brought me this game and I told her it was crap then. <laughs> Ooh. Ross Ross, 31,100. I find your lack of Uzi disturbing. Oh. What, what was that, Arnie? Uzi 9mm. Oh. J Ping, 37,650. Roger Dodger, 37,850. A late entry by Salberg, 41.550. Not enough time to play this one, but my impression after a couple of goes was a solid meh. Mr. Messi, 47,250. DNO, dunno, 47.300. Michael Vortman, 48,550. I loved it back when it was a real Uzi. Sank too many in it, but definitely needs the gun. Trackball is no fun. Oh. It's good with the mouse. Ian Cullen, 51-100. Just no. Quitting before it gives me a seizure. Yeah, the screen flashes, doesn't it? Do you know what? I am particularly uh, bad with flashy things because of my migraines and stuff. And this, I, I'll tell you later on how many games of this I had, but it didn't bother me. I'm not sure why. It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. The, the thing that bothered me was the, the sound of the guys getting killed. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, yeah. a bullet. <laughs> The thing that bothered me was the game, actually. Uh, ZX oh. Michael, 55,100. I enjoyed this in the arcade. I've always been rubbish at it. Turns out I'm rubbish at it with a joystick, too. Good fun. Pilbo, 55,400. The One Punch Rob, that's all he needs. 59,100. I can't play this game with my cack-handed mouse. Thanks, Arthur Ritus. The jungle level just gets mental, and I sustain lawful injury in the same place every time. I know I can clear it at the arcade club. Sorry, but I am finished. Here. Sorry, but you are finished. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so pathetic. Yeah. Rob McCraff, 6750. Mark Watmo Gravy, 61,400. Stacey King, 62,750. This game ramps up fast on level two. The level two is far harder than any of the level in the game. Why? And in true and in true coin muncher style, using the mouse only got sixty two seven fifty and a headache from the constant flashing. Without a gun, the Spectrum one two eight version is far more fun to play. Okay, Mister Deadlock sixty six thousand three fifty. Best so far on Operation Wolf after a few games. Mark Happy Dude eighty nine one fifty. Uh, Mr. Trollnuts, 109,250. This is the best I can do. Screen flashing is no different on the actual cab, so you don't really change much, really. Mm-hmm. He is Jimmy, 127,750. Absolutely loved this game back in the day. A trackball isn't quite there with the vibrating Uzi, but still a cracking game. Level 2 is way too hard, mind you. Top tip, don't shoot the ammo dump on stage map screen if you want to remain undetected. Yeah, you get... If you've seen that, you probably won't... You, you, it was says like the enemies detected you and there's another small level that you have to fight. Right. And it's like 
helicopters and it's it's just you think you're just going down a road there's helicopters and there's a lot lots going on but it's a small level but obviously it takes health off you before you get to level two what have you got to do with the choppers get to the choppers <laughs> retro jedi 474 163 200 buttons 168 850 uh, charlie far ooh, well down the list 172,000 dead. Made it to stage 5. Don't know why it says round 1. Is the whole of the 6 levels round 1? Not a genre I enjoy at all, and the incessant screen flash is just horrible. Oh, Rygar on his pirate ship. Roaming the seven seas with busky wenches and rum. It's just Rygar R. Oh, is it? Sorry. It's probably Rygar Robertson or something. I think we we added the R on, I think. I think you added the R on. Turned him into a pirate. Pirate. 181, 350. GJ Harris, 304,000. There's a big jump there. Might have a couple more goes, but the screen flashing does my head in. Wonder if anyone knows a way in MAME to stop that. Don't think so. ZYXBL Zig Zibbler. 343, 450. And none of us two has arrived until now. Sean. There he is. Let's give him a, a, a Mr. Pinger then. 348,700 points. Yeah, I cleared. Once I cleared level two, you can loop the game. Level two is just ridiculously hard. That should be the last level. Once you clear that, just sailed through the rest of the game. Yeah. And and who who's that above you there, Sean? Uh, no one. Moving on. Neil, 20 to 5. No, <laughs> it's me. I got 357,300 points. And if I was a listener, I'd put the feedback. I played this twice. That was my second game. God. I got 55,000 on the first game. And then when I was playing it, whilst talking to my lovely wife, who was next to me doing some sewing, I got I got through the game. I just whizzed through it i don't know how i just i just aimed and, and saved my um saved the rockets for when i needed them and i just aimed rather than just shooting and so i just aimed properly and i was quite accurate and i did the game and then got killed on the second loop because the second loop is just crazy it's a thousand mm. guys on the screen all the time it's impossible. that's what i got to yeah uh, yeah i've got more to talk about this later on but two goes that's the only i was only going to play it once i thought i've I got to give it one more go and just sail through it i don't know what What's so difficult about the game? Weird, isn't it? Neil, 20 to 5. I thought it was difficult. 368, 200. One last go, not had many. Level 2 is out of sync with everything else. Loop 2 is rock hard. Guns are bad, kids. Stay at home and play games. Uh, Majok, 373,700. Good score. Old Man Steve, 388, 100. 45, 550 got using mouse. And he, he got 388 using a touch screen. Oh, that's no, cheating, we, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it is. You reckon? Yeah. So we, we, we didn't specify, did we? That's cheating. You're sacked. Get out. <laughs> Round two is ridiculously fast and not fun watching the damage bar race to the top. This game needs the cab. Playing on MAME doesn't hold my interest. Nice pixel work, though. Mm. Brian Haribo, 396,500. Uh, 1cc, then get killed in the jungle, same as everyone else. Yep. After sustaining a lawful injury... He's finished here. El Mipo, 400, 350. 
Retro Ross, 401,500. What a great game. No. The arcade cabinet would chew up 20p's. Had more success by far with a mouse rather than a trackball. May look at getting a light gun based on the amount of fun I had with the game. Well, I'm glad someone liked it. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Riley, 403,750. Minsoft, 417,850. First time I've had a go at the hashtag 10p score, although I've played this a bit before. Personal best is 470,000. Round two is insanely difficult. I've only got past round two jungle the once using main with a trackball. Zestora, 421,850. John Retro Reloader, 441,500. Good score, John. And in the lead with the winner, Mr. Berserker, with 535,000. Good I wonder score. who the world record holder is of uh, this game. I shall put it on the show notes because I haven't looked that one up, actually. I imagine once you get through the second loop, if you can do that constantly, you can just keep playing the game forever. Mm. The second loop is crazy, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Is it? Is it random? I don't think it's random, is it? I think you can learn where the baddies are. But there's so many of them, though. There's like yeah, 60 yeah. or 70 soldiers in each level, isn't there? How can you memorise that many? I suppose people can. Mm-hmm. Ports and sequels, this was ported just about everything back in the day. Commodore 64 got a port, Amstrad CPC, ZX Spectrum, the three main European computers. Uh, PC-DOS, the NES got it, Master System, FM Towns, and a PC Engine in Japan. The NES, Master System, and the ZX Spectrum ports can all be played with their own version of a light gun, while other versions can play with a keyboard or a controller. No real mouse support back then, and certainly not for this game. The arcade Operation Wolf had three further sequels. Operation Thunderbolt, which you all know about, which is wet weather and electricity shooting. Operation Wolf 3, shoot everything in threes. And Operation Tiger, shoot the frosty zero mascot right in the face, because he deserves it. Oh, I hate poor that tiger. Tony Tiger. He's an idiot. What happened to him? Up yours, Tony. I bet he's retired now, living on, an, on a tiger island with his tiger friends, surrounded by loads of lionesses. What's a female tiger called? Tigress. Tigers. Tiger. What's a female tiger? Tigress. This is Prime Unedited Holly, for your listening pleasure. Is it, yeah? Short, short, ow, 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 ah, ow. It's painful (laughs) listening to you sometimes. I know, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, well. Ow, 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 it still hurts. Ow, 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 stop. We love you, Tony Tiger. Let's move on. He's full of bullet holes. In in 2005, the later-gen consoles got this old dead flogged pieces horse. Xbox, PX2, and Windows PCs got this on Taito Legends, but without the light gun support. This seems incredibly dumb. This is like a DDR dance game using a rubber fish as the primary input controller. All those machines back then, as far as I know, had guns. Because you had the, 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 is it the G-Con gun, the Namco gun with the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2? The Xbox must have had its own gun game for like House of the Dead games, surely. Why didn't they have a gun? Dreamcast definitely did. It's just crazy. But even dumber than that, right? In 2008, the Wii got the virtual console version of the NES version without Wii controller functions, which is basically a light gun pointy thing anyway. WTF? You can only play a light gun game on a machine that uses the pointer as the main controller with a standard control pad. What were they thinking? God. This game relies on basically the cab with a gun. The Uzi 9mm. So if you had it at home, what would you want to play it with? The Uzi 9mm. A keyboard. No, a gun. Duh. What were their marketing thinking of? 
I played House of the Dead Overkill on the Wii with it, it you had like a you could slot the controller into, into a like holster thing, yeah. Plastic gun mold and it was brilliant to play like that. So why didn't they do that with this game? It couldn't have been that difficult to Don't work know. that out, surely. Cretins. Oh my lord. That is just bad. Right, the summary improvements and conclusion. I personally can only say that no gun games like this should exist. None. <laughs> they shouldn't. I've always hated these things, even back in the day when I was a kid. Uh, fixed point gun games are just point and click shooters. That's all they are. You may as well be using a mouse, just like we were. It's just a reactions game like Whack a Mole. If there weren't so many enemies always coming at you, you could probably learn where the baddies pop up from and just take them out immediately and go on to the next target. However, from reading on the main history, there are some tactics for the game. Probably more useful on the second loop, as that seems impossible. Almost like Taito let you look through the whole game and then kicked your ass off the machine just to get your coins out of you. The machine seems to be the important part of the game, rather than the gameplay. At least with the guns on a string game, like Point Blank and all that sort of stuff, you can step back a little bit and actually aim the gun like an actual pistol or a rifle. After all this, I actually used to like the proper projector light gun games. Remember the skeet shooting and EM games of the 70s on the projector screens? Mm. As a kid, I used to like those. Um, and probably because I've actually been clay pigeon shooting with shotguns. You know, as a younger man, I, play, I did some you know, skeet shooting with, with clay pigeons. And it's actually quite, it's quite a rush hitting an airborne target for the first time. And for me, I didn't hit that many. So it's actually really cool when you explode one. It's a really good feeling. But, you know, just something that's like, I don't know, two foot in front of you maybe, it doesn't seem much fun. Mm. It's just point and click at it, really. A modern version of that that clay pigeon projected screen. Shoot Away or something, is it? Shoot Away Pro, yeah. And it's a modern version and it, it projects like lights onto a big backdrop that, that sounds stuff. exactly like the 70s one that's and exactly is, what that did it's just it's just that and then you've got a bit of a display and you've got different modes you can play i loved playing that as a kid and it's very very popular at, at club nintendo did one of those back in the late 70s mm. very nice so on to our yes no black white ones or zeros annoy or enjoy Annoy, I suppose. Um, It's just a point-and-click game with an oozy-shaped mouse. It's more boring than annoying. I think enjoy. Definitely enjoy. I I did like it. I did like it. I quite enjoyed shooting the guys. And when you got into the rhythm, when you got into a flow... The rhythm method? Yeah. And you were... (laughs) You were doing... doing, I was doing well. Yeah, all right. Uh, What's this at the bottom? Hold on. I didn't see this. You put this in the last minute, didn't you? Yeah, this Go is on. this is Mrs. Tenpence. She's put a tweet out. She said, "Let the record state, Sean Holly, that no matter how much Vic slags off Operation Wolf on Tuesday's recording, he is having fun and cackling like a madman while playing it. Still claiming he hates it. That's because I was shooting the hostage. They're going, oh, oh no, don't shoot me! Oh, it was quite funny. <laughs> they made a really ridiculous noise when you killed him. I think I shot." three of the five hostages. You know the guys in the grey suits? You know, the Grahams mm. from, from accounts, those guys. 
So yeah, shot some of them. So in a nutshell, that is Operation Wolf. It was ridiculous that you picked it, young man. Absolutely ridiculous. I, How can I you play a game a with a certain controller on a machine that haven't got the controller? And taking that on board, I shall <laughs> well, tell you next week's game, which uses non-standard controls. Next show's game. So, this game for next week also requires a kind of unique controller. It's an eight-way joystick with four fire buttons, orientated in a north, south, east and west pattern. A SNES, a PlayStation or an Xbox joypad is a good compromise for this. So you might have to use this rather than arcade controls. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to either 3D print or mill at work a little box with four buttonholes. I'm going to put mount four buttons in it. I'm going to actually attach this onto my pony cab to play it on the pony. So I have it on the side with the joystick. And the game is... Now, how do you say this? Is it Lazarian or Lazarian? Mm, I say Lazarian. And it is by, believe it or not, Zakaria. And it was licensed, uh, manufactured by Bally Midway. The ROM is Lazarian, L-A-Z-A-R-I-A-N. Lives 3. There's no difficulty, but no turning the collision detect off. That is proper cheating. And you can do it in a dip switch, so don't be doing that. Rapid fire can be on as well. I know you like rapid fire, Sean. I love it, love it. Now, if you have a no clones ROM set like I do, you won't see Lazarian because it is actually a clone of Laser Battle. Is it really? I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Huh. Oh, so you can play Laser Battle if you want, which okay. is the ROM ROM is L A S E R B A T. I think it's exactly the same. But I've put I've found the Lazarian ROM and I've put it on as well. It does look exactly the same. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it comes up as a clone in MAME, a clone, a clone ah, of Laser Battle. That's why I couldn't find it, because I played it on a Cabaret Midway cabinet at PRGE last year. That's why I've chosen it. And it's a good little... It's a weird game, but it's a good little game. You can submit your score as an email to the site, vertvic at 10 on Twitter or Facebook as a comment on the podcast post. Uh, the Twitter is hashtag 10pscore. 10PSCORE. Uh, you can go on Sidekick app, which I strongly recommend. Put your scores in there for all your games. And the deadline for score submissions is 1st of September. Whoa. We're nearly there already. 5 pm UK time, please. Yes, I have tried this. I just just before we started recording, I tried it with a SNES USB controller and maps the buttons, and it works fine. It works yes. fine. Yes, it does. As long as you've got your fire buttons uh, north south east west you'll be all right mm, i think it'd be yeah. pretty good one this i like it a lot it's cheesy but i like it cheese i like cheese i like cheese talking about cheese i'm off for me tea i might have cheese on toast <gasps> see you listeners thanks for listening thank you kids catch you next time bye-bye see ya you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk you can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>